bring back the rest of our girls. What girls, you say? The ones who were kidnapped by Boko Haram in Nigeria, a terrorist group who is terrorizing Nigeria and kidnapping schoolgirls and many others. Welcome to the Terrorist Therapist Show. I'm Dr. Carol, a psychiatrist and your terrorist therapist. I'm here to help you and your family reach your dreams despite living in a time of terror. Well, just this week, Boko Haram, a Nigerian terrorist group uh, that has pledged its allegiance to ISIS, released 21 of the schoolgirls who were kidnapped over two years ago. Now, on today's show, I'm going to be giving you a background of these Chibuk schoolgirls and their kidnapping, and then tell you why you should be outraged. I want you to get so angry by the end of the show that you um, are agreeing that you should express your outrage louder than just a tweet. Now, many of you know there has been a tweet, a hashtag, bring back our girls, and that's great. But it, up until today, uh, or this week, hasn't really resulted in much. Um, and really, this is the first release of any of these 276 girls who were abducted over two years ago. Now, uh, Boko Haram, um, again, which pledged its allegiance to ISIS, um, interestingly is um, means Western education is forbidden or sinful. That's what Boko Haram means. And the Boko Haram leader uh, said that he would marry off the girls to his fighters, saying that they should be married and not going to school. So over two years ago, when they were uh, abducted from a Chibuk school, from their dorms where they were sleeping <laughs> peacefully, well, maybe not too peacefully in Nigeria anyway, um, because because these terrorists have been terrorizing Nigeria now for years. Um, but still, they were sleeping. It was before finals. Boko Haram was targeting schools, killing teachers, firebombing dorms, and warning schools to close. And at the time of this, these 276, several dozen escaped right at the beginning. So then there were 219 who were taken into the forest by Boko Haram gunmen. And in May, um, there was one girl who was found on the outskirts of a forest. And it's kind of, there are various uh, stories as to how she got there. But in any case, uh, we now have 21 who were released. And um, there was a dispute about um, whether they were just released on their own or whether they were swapped. Now, the um, one of the authorities in Nigeria, and I watched the video, was saying, um, you, he used the word swapped. He said, we did not swap them, or the girls were not swapped. Well, now it's coming out that indeed they were swapped, and they were swapped um, for four detained Boko Haram leaders. And then there's also a question as to whether uh, money was paid. Now, you know, obviously this is a very dangerous practice, although it happens all over the world because, you know, people who value the people who are kidnapped are willing to um, swap. But, you know, it does start a bad precedence because it only encourages 
the terrorists or people who are kidnapping um, others, like the pirates, for example, um, to to keep kidnapping because you, then you get to swap them for more of your people who um, your enemy has. So there are now approximately 197 girls who are um, still captive, although it's not really known the exact number and it's not known how many of them have, may have died. It's not known. There are some stories that maybe some airstrikes have killed them um, as well as illness because obviously they're not being kept in the greatest conditions. Um, the, these girls, the, the just released girls, are in the custody of the Department of State Services, which is Nigeria's secret intelligence agency. And um, the claim is that the government wants the girls to have some rest, but, um, you know, one wonders whether they're doing their own debriefing. I mean, yes, of course, to find out about more about the terrorists, but also are they telling them uh, not to tell their families certain things? Um, all but three of these schoolgirls were carrying babies. They, uh, when there have been um, captives released before, because these Chibok schoolgirls, you know, they seem to have gotten the attention worldwide, but really, <laughs> There are many other um, people who have been kidnapped, including young children, in Nigeria. Uh, there, was, uh, there were 400 people, mostly school children, who were kidnapped in Damasak in Nigeria before the Chibuk schoolgirls. So, um, so this is an ongoing problem. And when some of these previous captives were freed by military action and they returned home, they were shunned by their communities because they came home pregnant or with babies from the terrorists. So, uh, you know, there, this, I mean, there, this is presenting problems on all levels, but of course we want them to be brought back. And ideally we would want them to be brought back ASAP before they were raped and married to the terrorists. Now this current release was uh, organized through the International Committee of the Red Cross and the Swiss government. And um, the, the girl who uh, was found at the edge of the forest in May, this past May, um, she, she's saying she wants her husband, she misses her husband, and she has never actually, she's been able to return fully to her life. Um, she is still in the custody of the Secret Service, where she is supposedly receiving medical care and trauma counseling. I'd love to see what that consists of. And um, they're keeping her isolated, and some groups like the Bring Back Our Girls group, uh, the protest group, and Human Rights Watch are asking whether this girl is now a detainee of the government. It's sort of questionable as to why she's being kept isolated. Um, there, the, these uh, Boko Haram terrorists or other extremists have attacked many schools, kidnapped many thousands of girls and boys during the seven years that they have been um, taking hold in the north of Nigeria. They've killed more than 20 or, or 30,000 Nigerians, um, and 2.6 million people have been driven from their homes by these people, and there's famine-like conditions, 
And um, originally, last year, when there were negotiations for these Boko Haram girls, the terrorists were demanding a ransom of $5.2 billion. So I guess, um, you know, and at this point, it's not clear whether any money was exchanged for these 21 girls. But, you know, this is this. It's just like the Somali pirates. It's just like um, the pirates who were, you know, kidnapping people, wanting ransom and so on to fuel their terrorist uh, efforts. So why why has it taken so long? You know, that's the question of the year. Um, why has our country not uh, done more to um, to get the girls back? Um, in fact, actually, um, in they were kidnapped over two years ago, and then in April 2014, the global campaign started the, with the hashtag to bring back our girls. And then in May 2014, the U.S. military went into Chad, neighboring Nigeria, to try to help bring back the girls. And obviously, since the first 21 are just coming back now, uh, over two years later, um, that wasn't too successful. Then, the interestingly, these, um, you know, we have multimedia terrorists now. The, um, in April of this year and in August of this year, uh, Boko Haram made videos, uh, proof of life videos, to show that at least some of the schoolgirls from, um, from uh, Chibok were still alive. And that was in order to demand their ransom of money and of an exchange, a swap, for um, the, the, their terrorists, the, uh, their fighters. So um, why, why has it been taking so long? I mean, first of all, um, as I'll kind of go into more, obviously, this is a public relations nightmare uh, for the U.S., for Western countries, uh, for anyone who wants to try to defeat ISIS and, and other terrorists, and I'll explain why later. But for right now, um, part of the problem was that the Nigerian military, uh, has, although it has a defense budget of $2.3 it is riddled with corruption. And um, these poor women, I mean, this, I, I want to talk about what's been happening to these women, because psychologically, I mean, this is uh, a nightmare. Um, they have been raped, as I said. They have been married to Boko Haram men. They have been, um, you know, obviously raped a lot and impregnated. Um, they're making little little terrorists, um, and, and the girls themselves are being made into suicide bombers. Now, ironically, there was, in the same week, this past week, when these 21 girls were freed, there was also a suicide bomber um, who attacked a city in Nigeria, and they believe that it was a woman who um, may have been, if not from Chibuk, you know, the school... Um, uh, kidnapping there from some previous kidnapping. So we know that the that these women are being tortured and uh, are being brainwashed because um, you know not only to agree and carry out suicide bombings, but also very few of them have attempted to escape. Once they were captured, once the first group 
um, was actually uh, taken into the forest. The the 200 and, um, 219 who were taken into the forest, um, they may be the one who was found in May, but other than that, the others have not escaped. Now, yes, of course, are they being surrounded by terrorists with guns and maybe, you know, other kind and threatened with torture, threatened with death, all of that, yes. But also, they are undoubtedly being brainwashed that terrorism is good which may well explain, at least in part, why the government is keeping that one girl and the 21 girls um, for, for psychotherapy um, rather than letting them return to their families right away. So whether the girls actually get to, it, to uh, be released or whether the ones are still there, um, the girls are suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder, anxiety, depression, nightmares, and abandonment issues. Because imagine what it's like sitting in a, a you know, captured by terrorists, tortured, raped, all of this, even if you are brainwashed, but imagine what it's like being, being held captive and not having your family or the military or anyone come to rescue you for over two years. Of course you're going to be thinking that no one loves you, no one cares about you, no one misses you, um, and so of course you're going to have abandonment issues uh, because it took so long to rescue them. Even the 21, I mean, after two and a half years, I mean, even after less than that, you would have abandonment issues. So, um, you know, these um, these girls are, are really in a difficult situation, both between being um, being kept there and being released. And you know, but needless to say, it, the, the the bottom line is that we need to get them to be released as soon as possible. Now, I have a daughter. I'm a mother of a daughter, and I can only try to imagine. Um, what these parents, these mothers and fathers and other family members are going through, uh, having their daughters kidnapped and for so long, and just um, going through a nightmare, thinking every day about uh, what must be happening to their daughters. I mean, imagining them being raped, imagining them having babies with terrorists, imagining them being hungry and dirty because that well, the girl who was found at the edge of the forest in May um, was not in good physical shape. Um, not even, Imagine not knowing whether your daughter was one of the ones who is even still alive. Did she already die from illness, die from an airstrike? Is she amongst the 21? They haven't released the names yet. Maybe by the time you're hearing this they will have, but right now um, they haven't. And um, it is just it is just torture for the families as well. Now, um, imagine if this happened here. One would like to imagine, if it happened in America, that um, there would be a quicker response to um, from the government, from uh, the military, um, the police, whatever, the authorities, the proper authorities, to um, to get the release of schoolgirls or schoolboys uh, who had been kidnapped, 
I mean, imagine what we would be doing. You know, there would be protests in the street. We would be storming the White House. Um, and there were actually protests in Nigeria. Uh, the parents, they, you know, they, they were holding up pictures of their daughters um, and, and walking in the streets with signs and so on. But it didn't really have that much effect. Um, I mean, it didn't have, it had hardly any effect because in fact it was the International Red Cross in Switzerland who were able to negotiate this release. Um, the, the president of Nigeria, whose wife uh, has, has recently spoken out about against him, saying that she's not going to vote for him again because of all of these things happening under his regime. So the, the families are protesting about their daughters the Chibuk schoolgirls, um, at least, but um, but the government isn't really listening, and the and it's it's just too there, there is too as I was saying it's the the military is corrupt. There's a lot of corruption in Nigeria, and so no one is organizing uh, has organized until outside people came in to to do something about it. Um, now, if you think that this has nothing to do with you, Nigeria is far away from America and so on, think again. Um, this is a nightmare, not only for the girls and their families, but it's a public relations nightmare for us. And that has long-standing consequences, which I am about to tell you about. If we can't rescue 200 or 300 Chibuk schoolgirls, then how are we ever going to defeat terrorists? Now, this is not, and, and again, remember, the, there, were, there were almost 300 um, Chibuk schoolgirls that everybody's paying attention to, for all good it did for over two years. But in any case, we've been paying attention to that. But as I said, there have been thousands who have been killed, and there have been um, hundreds, at least, who have also been been kidnapped. Uh, other um, people and, and lots of school children who really didn't get, for whatever reason, didn't get as much attention as the Chibok schoolgirls. Maybe it was the timing. But in any case, um, we, we being America and our Western allies, um, if we can't come in and let's just look at even these two or three hundred schoolgirls, if we aren't able, weren't able, which apparently we weren't, even though we went to Chad, um, able to rescue them, what, what message does this give to ISIS or Al-Qaeda or any other terrorists? It shows how relatively weak we are. What they, These girls, uh, these children, were held in a forest. Um, I mean, granted, you know, there are, there are lots, of, lots of Boko Haram uh, fighters, but... Um, why are we not able to go in there and get these girls out? Um, and why do we have to exchange uh, Boko Haram fighters for 21 of these girls, if not money as well? So that is the, so besides, you know, how outrageous it is that these poor girls were kidnapped and raped and so on, it is also even more frightening that, um, that we have not done more than make a tweet. <laughs> I mean, you know, seriously, it's like ridiculous. As if, as if just using, making it tweeting and, and using that hashtag, bring back our girls, 
is going to somehow bring back the girls and, um, and, you know, take care of all the other children who had been kidnapped in the past and are likely still, um, some of them at least still being kidnapped and held in captivity. We don't even know how many hundreds or thousands there are. So, um, so this deserves more attention, you know, in case you were apt to think, oh, well, it's only, <laughs> it's only two or three hundred Chibuk schoolgirls, and that's really sad, but, you know, I have to worry about paying my mortgage and getting a job, and, you know, there really are much greater implications to this whole story. Well, now we've come to the Ask the Terrorist Therapist section of the podcast, where I answer your letters and emails. And I have an email from Alex. Alex wrote, I have two daughters about the same age as the Chibuk schoolgirls who were kidnapped. I send them to sleepaway camp that looks a little fancier, but not too unlike the dorms the Chibuk schoolgirls were abducted from. Every time I hear about them in the news, I can't sleep for days, imagining what it would be like if they had been kidnapped. In other words, his daughters had been kidnapped. People in America are complacent that that could never happen here. But if we don't do more to fight terrorism, it could. What can I do to help prevent this from happening? Well, Alex, you know, given that this is, uh, we're getting very close to an election here, the first thing you can do is vote for candidates, whether it's for president or Congress or whoever is running in the area that you live in, um, vote for candidates who you think will be the toughest on terror. And even after this election, keep supporting and volunteering candidates who you think would do the best at fighting terrorism. And then you can support victims groups, for example, the 9-11 families, show your support for them. And um, also, you can even do a lot just by keeping the conversation alive at the water cooler, amongst your neighbors, people you know, start talking about this. People are not doing enough talking about terror. This is one of my pet peeves, uh, which is, you know, part of a large part of why I'm doing this podcast, besides trying to allay everybody's fears or calm everybody's fears by analyzing of what is going on in the headlines um, by at least helping you to know more about things so it's not left to scary imaginations. But my, one of my pet peeves, biggest peeves, is that we are, so, we are so complacent. We are in denial in America about terrorism. Every once in a while, you know, of course, <laughs> more, there have been more terrorist attacks, particularly in this past year, but with every year there have been more terrorist attacks. And so in this past year, for example, we can't help but be reminded uh, between Paris and Belgium and France, south of France and, and um, <laughs> uh, um, San Bernardino, and New York and New Jersey and all very all places more and more places even in the US um, it does pique our attention we are oh yes oh dear this is happening here oh my god um, and then everybody goes to sleep again 
Now, part of that is, um, well, it's called cognitive dissonance. What it means is on one level, you are very much aware because the headlines keep telling you about how dangerous terrorism is. But on the other level, you are you push it away. You push it into your unconscious and you're in denial. You pretend that these things really aren't happening. And that's cognitive dissonance. It's like two parts of your mind fighting with each other. So, and some degree of denial is healthy in the sense that we, we can't function if we're living in terror all the time. But at the same time, we need to be enough aware so that whether it's the Chibuk schoolgirls who were kidnapped or um, terrorist acts in, in New York and New Jersey where the first reports were not allowed to be, uh, this could be a terrorist attack. You had to pretend that, oh no, this couldn't be terrorism. Um, whatever it is, whatever is currently happening, we need to to do more about this awareness. You know, the say, if you see something, say something. I mean, that, that was so beautifully illustrated by what happened in New York and New Jersey. The fact that the journalists were told by President Obama to keep it quiet, you know, to not... Uh, say that this could be terrorism, and so the reports were kept quiet for quite a while. But then when it came out, when some people started talking about it, um, then in fact people were on alert. And that's how the other um, two bombs, in, in the, there were two planted in New York and two in New Jersey, and that's how the second ones in each of those places were found and were and the authorities were alerted. So some, although some degree of denial is healthy, more, you can't live in denial. You have to really be paying more attention and you have to be doing more things to make yourself uh, re resilient for terrorism. And I talk about that in some of my podcasts and I will continue to talk about that too. So next week uh, on my next podcast, I will uh, again putting the headlines about uh, be putting the headlines about terrorism on my couch. I'll be analyzing the latest terrorist issues um, so that you can understand what's happening and be appropriately concerned or calmed. And um, in regard to Boko Haram, you need to do more than just tweet, um, <laughs> bring back our girls. You need to express your outrage to elected officials, to the media, to the and stage protests here, and not just for the Chibuk schoolgirls, but for all the current captives of Boko Haram. I'm Dr. Carol, your terrorist therapist. Thank you for listening.